Good morning, everybody. I hope you have an amazing uh, week so far. Yesterday, we just had some time off and with the kids and everything there at home, which was a good thing. So um, let me just switch all these things on. It's good to be with you here today. So I hope you had a good day yesterday. Um, I want to talk about... John chapter 14, and I want to talk about Jesus and how he came and he came to take us to himself. So I want us to, to get the right coming with the right taking, if I can put it like that. Because people think John chapter 14 speaks about the second coming. But no scripture says in the second coming is coming to take us to himself. But in the first coming, he came to take us to himself. All right? So that where he is, we can be also. And that's called the secret place. It's a place in the spirit. So let me, yeah, let, I just threw out the punchline. So let's just read John chapter 14 and see what it talks about. Um, but there's no scripture in your Bible that says when Jesus comes in the second coming, that he's going to take us anywhere. He's not coming to take us. He's not coming to fetch us. He's not coming to take us away. He's just coming and he's bringing with himself those who died in Christ because it's a resurrection. Okay, so John chapter 14 says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Hallelujah. How many doctrines have you heard on this? That left your heart to be troubled, distressed, agitated. If you hear of, oh, you know, they're going to take over the world now. It's now the world, uh, new world order. And, you know, they're going to inject you. And then you're going to take control of your mind with a vaccine. That technology really doesn't exist. I mean, it's so improbable. It's, yeah. Those things makes your heart and your mind to be troubled. Don't let your hearts and your minds be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. So we need to just get this thing straight. We believe in Jesus. We believe that Jesus has uh, overcome everything on the cross, and we believe that his kingdom is supposed to fill all the world according to Daniel chapter 2. All right, but we'll get to that. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Okay, so he says to the disciples before the cross, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. So where is he going? To the Father. Where is he going? To the Father. Okay, let's just remember that. And when and if I go, I make ready a place for you. I will come back again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. All right. Let's just check a few things. Where is Jesus now? Jesus is seated at the right hand 
of the Father in heaven on the throne. Right? So that's his spiritual position. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says, We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are now positioned in Christ in the Spirit. Christ is in us, we are in Christ. If we read John chapter 17, it says, from verse um, 17, Sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. And so for their sake and on their behalf, I sanctify myself that they may be sanctified in the truth. Neither for these alone do I pray, but also for all those who will ever come to believe on me through their word and teaching. So he's speaking about we are in the truth, we are in the word, and through the word we are sanctified, and not us only, but also those that, that will believe after, after that we preach to them. That they all may be one. So this truth makes us one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. So the one means Jesus in the Father. The Father in Jesus. It's a spiritual union. That they also may be one in us. So us in Jesus and Jesus in us as Jesus is in the Father and the Father is in Jesus. So that the world may believe and be convinced that you have sent me. So that means if Jesus is in us and us in him, the world will be convinced that the Father sent Jesus. Okay? So if the world can see Jesus in us, it, it, it will cause the world to believe. All right? So we need to focus on this. Our position is in Jesus. And Jesus is in the Father. He's at the right hand of the Father. One translation even says he sat down as the right hand of the Father. Okay, so Jesus is the um, full expression of the Father. So you, Jesus, if you see Jesus, you see the Father. So Jesus is the, the exertion of authority of the Father. He's the right hand. Okay, and we are in Jesus, seated with Christ in heavenly places, and we are the body of Jesus. That means we are the expression of Jesus on the earth. And Jesus is the, the expression of the Father. So that means everywhere we are, we must be showing the Father. Okay? So we are in Jesus. Jesus is in the Father. The Father is in Jesus. Jesus is in us. Seated with Christ in heavenly places. That means where he is, we are also. I hope you get it. I in them, you in me, in order that they may become one and perfectly united, that the world may know and definitely recognize that you sent me, and that you have loved them even as you have loved me. Right. Let's go back to John 14. And when I go, I make ready a place for you. So where's the place? In himself. Yes. <laughs> so... He opened up a way for us to that place. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 and 20, that we repeat so often. Through the power of the blood, through the separating curtain, that is through the flesh. That place is called in Christ. That place is called in Christ, which is in the Father. Your new life is hidden with Christ in God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. Okay? 
So do you get it? And when Christ shall appear, Colossians 3 verse 4, you will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. So you are hidden in Christ, and Christ is hidden in the Father. Your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. So you can't live a life of miracles if you're not in Christ. You can't show Jesus and the Father if you're not in Christ. Okay, that means if we see miracles, we must be in Christ. That means this scripture does not refer to the second coming. This scripture refers to us having a spiritual union with Jesus and continuing with the miracle ministry. Signs, wonders, miracles, healings, raising of the dead, just as he has commanded us by the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, wait in the city of Jerusalem, Luke chapter 24, until you're endured with power from on high. And they were in one place in one accord, Acts chapter 2, and they received uh, the, the Holy Ghost. And they spoke in other tongues. But Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, um, Jesus says, you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Yes. Okay. So that power is the exertion of the authority of the kingdom. That's the Father being shown by Jesus through the church. All right. When and if I go, I make ready a place for you, the place in Christ in the Father. I will come back again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. So his dwelling place is in the Father. In my Father's house... There are many dwelling places. So he had his dwelling place in the Father. Now he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. This is the new temple. Those who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. And he just went to open up the way and to prepare a place for us in spirit so that we can go and worship there. Not in a temple. The temple in Jerusalem Hear my words, write it down in your Bible. You can put a parks board stamp next to it. You can put a little silver star. You can put your, your signature next to it. You can put a seal, if you want, with wax on it. The temple in Jerusalem will never be rebuilt. Jesus said, break it down. So Jesus is never going to institute a physical kingdom in Jerusalem and sit on a throne there. The temple will not be rebuilt. The, the teachings that the second coming of the Christians is going to be the coming of Messiah of the Jews is false. He already came as Messiah. Hebrews 9 says when he comes again, he will bring us to full salvation, us who are eagerly expecting them. So if you don't receive the first coming of Messiah... The cross of Jesus. The second coming will be a disaster to you. Because then you'll just meet judgment. And the judgment is this. Did you believe in the son when he first came? So before we worry too much about when he's coming back again. Let's just get our eyes focused again on why he came in the first place. And he came to take us to himself. He came to, to reconcile us with himself. And to give us the ministry of reconciliation. He didn't come to scare us to death so that we try and walk on, on our toes so that we don't miss the rapture. And those who don't know what I teach on it, I just shared on the page a playlist of teachings on the end times things. There is not going to be a rapture. All the rapture prophecies in the last hundred years were wrong. All of the predictions were wrong. All of those scriptures are out of context. The whole doctrine is wrong. Okay? So it's an incomplete understanding, and people have their timeline wrong. They think 
Matthew 23 and 24 is fulfilled now, or still to be fulfilled. No, it was fulfilled in 70 AD when the Romans completely destroyed Jerusalem. Jesus said it's going to happen in this generation, but you can get it in the teachings. Not gonna, we don't have time to, have, to discuss the whole thing. But for now, we're focusing on this. He came to take us to himself. He's not coming to take us to himself. Please see the distinction. He came to take us to himself. Jesus is not coming to take us to himself. Jesus came to take us to himself. Which means, if we are not with him now, then there's not going to be another event where he's going to take us to himself. We need to be reconciled to him now through the death of his son. We need to be reconciled to him now through being sanctified by the word of truth, says John chapter 17 that we just read. I hope you get it. So we need to believe the gospel. When he comes again, says 1 Thessalonians 4, he's bringing back with him them who died in Christ, in that position. So they will be raised and we who are alive and remain will be caught up with them in the cloud. The cloud is them in the cloud of witnesses. And they will come back with Jesus. Not come to fetch us to take us to heaven. No Bible says it. No scripture says it. The end destination is not heaven. The end destination is the recreated earth. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. He's coming. He's not fetching. He's coming. It's not the second fetching. It's the second coming. It's not come to take us. He came to take us. Not our bodies. He came to open a way for us. I'm the door. Those who you know, follow me can come in and go out freely. So Jesus is the door. John 10, he opened up a way, Hebrews 10. All right? There will not be a rapture. You can write it down. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so this is my end time prophecy. There is never going to be a rapture. <laughs> the word rapture is not in the Bible. It's nowhere. Yeah. It's nowhere in the Bible. And if you read the, all the scriptures, it's got nothing to do with a church being sneak, sneaking out snatched out of the earth so that this false prophet can take control. All of those things are completely wrong. Yes. Totally wrong. And it's not scriptural at all. So please, let us take off our religious glasses of our traditions of what we heard because it's making the word of God of no effect. Yeah. Okay? So let's remove our Pentecostal glasses. Yeah. I never put them on in the first place. I grew up in the Calvinist tradition. I burst out laughing the first time I heard the rapture doctrine. And then I thought I heard they're serious. I, oh, my goodness, they're serious about this. Yeah. So there's other stuff that the Calvinists don't understand. And there's, but there's stuff that... There's deceptions that they don't hold. There's good truth there. All right. So John 17, Jesus prays and he says... I pray that you do not take them out of this world. Let me yeah. just. Yeah. 
Okay, so he's, he's talking about John 14. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place. He says, I'm praying for them. I'm praying not for the world, but for those you have given me, for they belong to you. All things that are mine are yours, and all things that are yours belong to me. And I am glorified in and through them. They have done me honor in them, my glorious chief. And now I am no more in the world. Okay, so Jesus went out of the world into the spirit. I'm no more in the world, but these are still in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. So where did he go? To the Father. Keep in your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one. So in his name, the Father's name, we are kept that we can be one. In Jesus, we are one, and Jesus is in the Father. I go to prepare a place for you. While I was with them, I kept and preserved them in your name. Those you have given me, I guarded and protected, and not one of them has perished and or is lost except the son of perdition, that the one, the one who is now doomed to destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I am coming to you. I say these things while I am still in the world, so that my joy may be full and complete and perfect in them, that they may experience my delight fulfilled in them, that my enjoyment may be perfected in their own souls, that they may have their gladness within them, filling their hearts. Um, teachings of destruction and everything, and the false prophet's going to take over, and he's going to be the world ruler, and you're going to have the mark of the beast, and that, that doesn't produce joy. Okay, so Jesus, the kingdom of God, we want, he, Jesus wants to rule on this earth in the kingdom of God through the church. When are we going to be surrendered to him? His kingdom is righteousness and peace and joy. So we, need, we have this ministry of reconciliation and preach repentance and, and, and righteousness. Okay, Luke to chapter 24. Forgiveness of sins and, and repentance needs to be preached. We need to, to bring righteousness, peace, and joy. That means healing the sick, opening the eyes of the blind, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead. That brings joy. Okay, I have given and delivered to them your word. And the world has hated them. Because they are not of this world and do not belong to this world, just as I am not of this world. I do not ask that you will take them out of the world. He specifically said it. I do not ask that you will rapture them. But that you will keep and protect them from the evil one. So I'm sorry, that's a cop-out. It's a way out. Your calling is not to be snatched away. Your calling is to rule over darkness in this earth. Yeah. We need to bring what Jesus has conquered to this world. We need to do it by the preaching of the gospel and by the flow of the Spirit. It's up to the church. If the church believes and if the church preaches the gospel and starts operating in the kingdom, receiving the abundance of grace, free gift of righteousness, reigning as kings in life. Okay? Revelation 5, 9, and 10. The, uh, he has purchased us from every kingdom, tribe, tongue, with his precious blood. And he has made us kings and priests. And they shall reign on the earth. All right? 
So we're supposed to reign, but we're not reigning if we're submitting ourselves to conspiracy theories and false doctrines about demons and devils and false prophets. Okay? The rapture thing, please critically look at the thing if you believe it. And please consider what I submit in the scriptures to you if you do believe the rapture doctrine. I've shared the link to the playlist where our sermons are about it, and there's more to come. Okay? But there's no rapture of the church in the scriptures. Okay? It's not going to happen. He came to take us to himself. So in body, I'm standing on the earth. In spirit, I am where he is. In body, I'm on the earth. In spirit, Jesus is where I am. So he is in me. Which means he can rule through this body on the earth. And that's his plan. That's the kingdom. He said, the kingdom is not in observation. Look there. there. No, he says, the kingdom is within you. The kingdom is not going to be a building in Jerusalem. Jesus said, break this stuff down. I'm done with that place. Okay? The only thing that still need of significance that still need to happen in Jerusalem is all the Jews needs to come to Jesus and believe. That's all. There's nothing else going to happen there. It's the same as in Munich. All the Germans need to come to Jesus. It's the same as in London. All the English need to come to Jesus. It's the same as in New York City. All the Americans need to come to Jesus. We need to preach the gospel to all nations. Every nation, tribe, and tongue. Okay. To the place where I'm going, you know the way. <laughs> so the way, how can you know the way if you don't even know you're going to be snatched away in secret any moment now to go there? Yeah. No, you can go there. He said you know the way. You can go there any time. Yeah. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Mm-hmm. Jesus said, I am the way. Yeah. And the truth. And the life. Uh, If you know Jesus, you know the way. If you know Jesus, you know the place. Because the place is inside him. And the door to that place is the cross. Where his body was broken for you to enter. If you had known me, you would also have known my father. So if you enter that place, what will you find? The Father. What is in Jesus? The Father. So if you enter that place in Him, you come to the Father's dwelling place in Jesus. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. Where is the Father? In Christ. Where is Christ? Now He's in us. Now the Father dwells in us. From um, from now on you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. Cause us to see the Father. That's all we ask. Then we shall be satisfied. Jesus said, have I been with you for so long a time? And do you not recognize and know me yet, Philip? So he's the living God in flesh. Okay? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? He said to him, listen, I've been showing you the Father since the first time you saw me. I've, I've shown you nothing but the Father. John 1 verse 18. John 1 verse 18. He says, if, um, 
it says Jesus, no one has ever seen the Father, but the Father has come to show him to make him known. Okay? We just had a little joke. He said we can start any, any message in John chapter 1. So, so he said, okay, so, so, so how, how much do you bet me we're going to make a turn in John chapter 1 anyway? <laughs> so, yeah. Don't worry, we're not gambling in the church. Okay. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? What I'm telling you, I do not say of my own authority and of my own accord, but the Father who lives continually in me does his works and his miracles. I believe that I'm in the Father and the, uh, believe that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves if you cannot trust and at least let these works that I do in my Father's name convince you. I assure you most solemnly I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, that's how you enter, he will himself be able to do the things that I do, and he will do even greater things than these because I go to my Father. Okay. So because Jesus goes to the Father, and he opened up a way for us to come into him, we can do the same works that he did and even greater. Because now we are dwelling, all dwelling in the same place in Christ. Jesus dwells in the Father, so we are dwelling in Jesus, we're dwelling in the Father. The Father is dwelling in Jesus, so us and the Father are dwelling in Jesus in the same place. And uh, Jesus and the Father dwells in us. Jesus, uh, the Father is in Jesus, Jesus dwells in us. Okay. So there is that place. He has come to take us to himself already. So now. How do people read this scripture? Oh, no. I will come. I now go, Ascension, to prepare a place for you so that I can come back to you, second coming, and take you so that you can be where I am. Yes, but if you read, he said, in a little while. For a little while you won't see me, and then in a little while you'll see me again. So if you read then John chapter 19, he came back to them. No, John chapter 20, he came back to them. Little while, three days. Well, not even, from Friday to Sunday. So the little while was, he went, he paid the price, he offered his blood on the true mercy seat of heaven, according to Hebrews 9. Offered, secured an everlasting release for us. He opened the way for us, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 and 20. And now he said, the door is open. Come on in, boldly. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, and so on. Okay? We can come boldly. And Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20, 21 to 23. You can enter boldly. Draw near with true, honest, sincere hearts. So how do you come to that place? With your heart. You draw near with your heart. Okay. The church is not going anywhere. Okay? When Jesus comes again, he is coming here. When Jesus ascended, in Acts chapter 1, you can go read it. A cloud received him out of their sight. We've spoken about the cloud. It's also in those teachings. 
A cloud received him out of his sight. Went from seen to unseen. So he's in unseen because the Father is spirit and spirit is unseen. Okay? That's why he is our hope. Because how can you hope for what is seen? So hope means unseen. All right. So Jesus is in the Father. When he comes again, there were two men standing with the disciples and saying to them, Why are you gazing so intently into heaven? Not into the sky. Into heaven. Because there was a cloud that received Jesus. And he stepped into the cloud. Received him out of their sight. As there was a cloud on the Mount of Transfiguration that appeared. And Peter, James, and John was with Jesus on the mountain. And there was a cloud. And suddenly Moses and Elijah, two men, stood there. And they were talking with Jesus. And Peter just wanted to build huts. He wanted, you know, at least he had some of the Feast of Tabernacles in his head. But he wanted to build a booth or a hut for every one of them. So they can just stay there on the mountain. I don't know what Moses wants to do in Peter's hut, but okay. So, <laughs> to protect him from which elements exactly. So, so okay, so there's, there's Jesus standing, and his clothes started glowing, and there was a cloud. So there was a cloud, and there was two men. Okay, Acts chapter 1. Cloud received him out of his sight, and there was two men standing. Why is he gazing so intently into heaven, into the cloud? The cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 12. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth that sanctifies us. Okay? John 17. Okay. Um, let us, you know, run this race with steady and active persistence and patient endurance. Okay. So, looking away from all that will distract... Oh, but this, what a distraction this doctrine is. What a distraction this rapture thing is. No one is running their race. Everyone is sitting at the bus stop. No one is doing what the Spirit has said. What has the Spirit said? Preach the gospel and lay hands on the sick. But everyone is sitting at the bus stop waiting for the heaven bus. Distracted. So it's, it's not a true doctrine. It doesn't produce joy. It doesn't produce anything. All it produces is fear. And it causes people to regress back into legalism. Because if you don't live right, you're going to miss the rapture. Yeah. What about the blood of Jesus? Okay. You know, one rant I always have about it is, if you miss the rapture, the, as the doctrines say, you will get saved if you give your own blood as a martyr. Under the teaching of 144,000 Jewish rabbis that does not believe in Jesus. Without the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit went away with the rapture. If for 2,000 years the Holy Spirit, the word, Jesus and his blood could not save us. How do you think you're giving your own blood, going back to Jewish rabbis' teachings, is going to get you saved? Yeah. It's not only false doctrine, it's sacrilege. sacrilege. Yeah. 
It's trampling the blood of Christ. So it's, it's a warped doctrine. That's the strongest I'm allowed to say how I feel about it. David Hogan says, if you want to say something, just hold your tongue. So I'm just, uh, Listen, if it's not focused on the cross, the sufferings of the cross and the glory that should follow, then it's not a true doctrine. What should follow the cross? Glory. What's the glory? Signs and wonders and miracles. But people want to make the tribulation for today, but they want the miracles. No, the miracles stop to the apostles. No, no, no. It's the other way around. The tribulation was for them because it was fulfilled in 70 AD. It was written in detail by historians. Everything Jesus said in Matthew chapter 23 and 24, fulfilled to the letter. In that generation, one generation, 40 years, 40 years from when Stephen was stoned to the burning down of Jerusalem. Okay? Everything exactly as Daniel prophesied in his 70 weeks. There's teaching on it on the playlist that I shared. Okay, all of that is fulfilled. The tribulation falls in that period of time. The miracles is for today. People want the miracles for for then and the tribulation for now. No, no, no. The tribulation then, miracles now. Isn't that good news? Don't let your heart be troubled. Everything is under your feet. Just rule over it. Yeah. That means cancer, diabetes. That means, you know, MS is under our feet. We can rule over it. But we're sitting depressed because we're waiting for the tribulation. Yeah. We're waiting, oh, I hope I still make the rapture because I smoked yesterday. Distracted, 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 distracted. <laughs> I hope I'm making sense. He already came to take us to himself. We are where he is. In the secret place, in heavenly places, seated with Christ. If you have the Holy Spirit, you are on the same place, same position. You're in Christ. And Christ is in you. Don't you think God wants to come and bring to full salvation those who are eagerly waiting and expecting him, says Hebrews chapter 9. I think that scripture holds true. When he comes... He's not coming to deal with sin. He's coming to bring you to full salvation. Bringing those who died with him. With other words, bringing them to full salvation, resurrecting them from the dead, bringing their bodies to full salvation. Uh, Philippians chapter 3 says, He will change our vile bodies, body of our humiliation, into the body of his glory by the same power that he used to subject everything to himself, kingdom. All right. Just want to read two scriptures to you. Sorry for the time, but I'm not sorry, but sorry for the time. <laughs> Daniel chapter 2. <clears throat> Where is it? Come on, Daniel. I think it's earlier. Come on, Daniel. Daniel. Oh, come on. There we go. Daniel chapter 2. <clears throat> it's 
so I'm just going to touch on a few scriptures. There's this dream that Daniel had to um, interpret, the, the King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Okay, so he says, verse 34, As you looked, a stone was cut out without human hands. Now, this is a, you know, it's the, the, the statue, remember? And the statue with the head of gold and then the silver and then the uh, um, iron the bronze and then the iron and then the feet with mixed and clay of iron. And it spoke of different kingdoms that was to come. Okay? So it says, As you looked, a stone was cut out without human hands. Okay? Stone which the builders rejected. Psalm 118 has become the chief of the stone. Um, or the, the chief of the corner. First uh, Peter chapter 2. Um, you can also look at Zechariah chapter 4. It says, As you looked, a stone was cut out without human hands, which smote the image on its feet of iron and clay of the potter and broke them to pieces. Referring to the split Roman Empire. You know, Constantinople and Rome, the split Roman Empire. Verse 35. Then the iron, the baked clay of the potter, the bronze, the silver, the gold were broken and crushed together, became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away, so that uh, not a trace of them could be found. Oh, so the Bible says all these kingdoms that everyone wants to be the false prophet to take over, there will not be a trace of them. Okay. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain or a rock. And fill the whole earth. Okay, so be like living stones. Can be built into a holy, heavenly habitation. We have come to Mount Zion. Not, we have not come to a mountain that can be touched. Uh, that is ablaze with fire where Moses cried that he was afraid. Okay. Hebrews chapter 12. But we have come to Mount Zion, to the church of the firstborn. Angels in festal gathering. So it can't be touched, so it's a spiritual mountain. Mount Zion. Angels in festal gathering. Church of the saints of the... Uh, spirits of the saints made perfect. Church of the firstborn. Okay? We have come. That's our spiritual position. Where the Father is, there, so that we may be also. We have come. Hebrews chapter 12. Okay. So it became a great mountain or a rock and filled the whole earth. Oh, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Who do you mean say that I am? Some say John the Baptist. Some say you are, you know. Elijah, but who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And on this rock, I will build my church. What's this rock? It's Mount Zion. What's this rock? It's the revelation. You are the Christ, in Christ. Okay. He says, great rock, great mountain filled the whole earth. So he told him his dream. Okay. Verse 45, just as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, this is now the interpretation of the dream, and that it broke in pieces, the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, the gold, the great God has made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. The dream is certain and the interpretation of it is sure. Uh, so um, the kingdom of God crushes all the other kingdoms, destroys it. Okay? No, I, start, I had to start reading verse 44. Sorry, forgive me. Verse 44. In these days of these final ten kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. 
Is the kingdom of God still going? Yes. Some say it must still come. It must still be established. Where do you get that? Go preach the gospel of the kingdom. What's the kingdom? It's inside you. It's the power of God. It signs wonders and miracles. Jesus said, the kingdom, I will not eat bread with you before I break bread with you in my kingdom. He said that to his disciples in Luke chapter 24, he broke bread with him. Okay. In the days of these final ten kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, nor shall its sovereignty be left to another people. So the sovereignty of this kingdom is in the people of the kingdom. The people of the kingdom is the church. But it shall break and crush and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, that it broke in pieces, the iron, bronze, clay, silver, gold, the great God has made known to the king that which shall come to pass hereafter. The dream is certain, the interpretation of it true. Okay. There is no new world order going to be established. There may be an attempt, but it's not going to happen. Because this scripture says that the kingdom of God will never be destroyed. It will stand forever. That must also mean the kingdom of God is not going anywhere. It's come to stay. Christ shall abide forever. Let your kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven. That means heaven is coming here. That does not mean we are going to heaven. It means heaven is coming here. It does not mean we are going to heaven. He came so that we can be where he is. He took us to himself already in the Father which is in heaven. So we are there now. So that what is there can come here. It's going to happen through the church. Let your kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven. Not let your church go to heaven. So if we pray, let your kingdom come, but we preach, let your church go. Now the church is in heaven and the kingdom is on earth. And what now? Now we have to pray again that the kingdom must come back up to heaven again. Or... Or the church must come down again. That's silly. Okay. You're not going to be raptured. There's no false prophet going to rule over the earth. The tribulation is fulfilled. It's all over. What is on God's agenda is glory. As sure as I live, the glory of the Lord will fill the earth like the waters cover the sea. All rule and authority has been disarmed and defeated. All rule and authority must bow its knee before Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. So if we are surrendered to Him and speak His word, there's nothing that will rule over us. Okay? So you don't have to fear anything. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Okay. Right. Let's just greet. Hello, Maxwell. It's good to see you. Bless you. Temple in Jerusalem will not be built again. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, Phyllis Brown, bless you. I got a call again, so I lost some of, some of the other comments there. Uh, hello, my Livy. She sent me a little heart, and she's sitting here. Hello, Janet. Good morning, Saints. Good, good to see you there. Hello, uh, Trish there from Ireland. It's good to see you. 
uh, yeah, waiting on the heaven bus. People <laughs> waiting for the heaven bus all the time. You know, it's like, yeah, that's the greatest distraction in the church. Anyway, may you be blessed. May you just experience freedom and joy and peace. Everything is under your feet. You can rule over it. Your prayer life is effectual. You can pray and change things. You can lay your hands on the sick. Things, it, things will change when the church will stand up and realize what authority we have. All right. So, hope you have an amazing day. Be blessed. We'll see you again tomorrow morning at 9. Amen. Thank you.